Welcome back to Money Mile. I am your host, Justin Waller, and Money Mile is where you share a mile with us and we help you live a better life. From our last episode, we had three items of homework, uh, the first of which was to think about your financial independence time frame uh, and see if you should be considering planning differently for that. The second item of homework was to think about your cash reserve and writing down a number that you feel comfortable with to target as that long-term cash reserve. The third item was to think about your cash flow and how it is impacted by your endurance athletics. I would love to hear from you and hear more about your journey. Uh, If you'd like to share uh, how you're doing with your homework and how all of this is progressing, you can email me at info at wallerfc.com. So with that, let's jump right into the second part of the top financial challenges of endurance athletes. If you are a runner or a triathlete, uh, one of the things you will have likely noticed is that race fees have increased over the years. Now, luckily, we are in the post-pandemic phase of our journey here. So we are seeing races happening more regularly. What we're also seeing is those race entry fees have gone up. Typically, triathletes are dealing with the race fee issue being a little bit more significant of an issue. As a triathlete, if you're looking at a longer distance race, uh, you could be spending north of $800 per iron distance race. And these are the uh, traditional, more popular MDOT branded races. Typically, what goes hand in hand with that is we're not doing those every weekend, uh, at least if you're a mere mortal. So when we're looking at something like that, it's typically one or two times a year as a larger expense. If you're doing shorter races, those race fees can add up because you're dealing with maybe an Olympic distance race every few weeks or every couple of months. Uh, Half iron distance races are somewhere there in the middle. Now, this is similar within the running community in that if you want to run the local 5K, uh, you can run those every couple of weeks and not have a a significant issue. Typically, a lot of those are charity races, so uh, you're also trying to help support your community and raise funds for different things. So there's another benefit of that. Uh, But typically, if you're racing more frequently, the fees are lower, uh, so it doesn't have as significant of an impact. But we do need to be mindful of race fees because that can add up over time. Uh, This also works well when we think about the stress and the workload on our bodies, whereas for most of us, we couldn't handle running a marathon every weekend. And those race fees are higher, so it helps to spread that out, whereas uh, you know, a 5K might be $30 to $50 or something like that, depending upon what you're doing, and you can run those more frequently. So it helps from a financial perspective, and it also helps just from a general health and well-being perspective that you're not trying to run a marathon every weekend, uh, which would be abusive to the body as well as to the pocketbook. As a triathlete, you might also find yourself throwing in a mix of other events uh, throughout the year to, to round out your skill set and your athletic in- adventures. So uh, if you're thinking about throwing in the extra 5K or uh, cycling events, maybe some open water swims or that sort of thing during the year, you also want to keep those race fees in mind as you're planning your, your expenses for the year. The next area we'll be discussing is partner balance and bliss. The expenses of endurance athletics have a possibly negative impact on your household finances. If you don't take the time to talk about the expectations periodically, it can create significant friction. Here I'm talking specifically about a partnership where you have a one athletic spouse and one non-athletic spouse. 
obviously if both of you are out adventuring and doing fun stuff uh, that creates different challenges but here we're talking uh, typically about one spouse who is involved in endurance athletics and, and one is not so uh, a couple ways to mitigate this are to let the non-racing partner pick from a few destinations for races and then extend that travel into a family vacation so if your a race is running the local marathon hey no big deal but if you have a few different races, like, hey, you really want to race Boston or New York or uh, Chicago, uh, big city marathon, San Francisco, I would include in that as well. If you're looking at these big races, you can have your partner pick from those races and then do some of that vacation planning together. Typically, I recommend the vacation part after the race. That way you're, you're not messing with your, your training or performance for the event itself. But you extend it a few days on the back end after that event, and you can have a great experience together. I don't typically recommend anything really hardcore, uh, you know, uh, long hikes or anything like that right after a marathon. But actually getting out and walking around can be very beneficial to your recovery for those events as well. And you get to make some great memories out exploring and seeing some of the, those neat cities out there and, and doing some fun stuff. The next suggestion that I would give you is to set a triathlon budget that everybody's clear about and make sure that you're keeping your expenses in check. It's pretty easy as a triathlete and as an endurance athlete to always do one more thing. Uh, more is always an option. So throwing in an extra race, uh, saying, hey, I want to get a, a new set of wheels or uh, it's time to get a new bike, maybe sooner than, than necessary. It is very easy to overspend in these categories. So having a triathlon budget or an endurance athletics budget that keeps all of these things in mind can allow for everyone to be recognized and appreciated for their contributions of the household, but then also making sure that uh, endurance athletics doesn't wreck shop on the rest of your financial household. The last example here is consider turning your hobby into a moneymaker. For example, uh, you could consider writing a blog about your triathlon journey. Uh, and if you're able to monetize that blog, it could offset some of your expenses. If you've been in the sport for a, a while, you may also want to consider coaching a couple of other athletes. Uh, by coaching others, it allows you to give back to the sport, but can also help bring in some additional resources to offset the uh, financial aspects of your hobby there. The key point that I want you to consider here is that without communication and talking with your partner about these things, uh, if you don't do something to mitigate it, the financial aspects of endurance athletics coupled with long hours of training away from family can put a significant strain on your relationship. So I highly recommend you talk about it, talk through some different options, work together, uh, and find ways that everybody can be happy uh, with as being part of the journey. The next area that we'll be talking about is guilt, uh, and this is individual guilt that, that you may be experiencing. This often can accompany an expensive hobby when your resources are pulled in multiple directions. Competing priorities, pun intended, can lead to conflicts. Now, we've already identified that you can spend a lot of money on a new bike, race entry fees, running shoes, all of these different things. So if you also want to save money for your financial independence, for education funds for the kids, or to have a nice vacation with the family next year, your resources can get stretched thin. It is very easy for us to overcommit and need to make sacrifices with these things. So in order to combat this uh, and live confidently, I recommend that endurance athletes work with a financial planner that can help them understand what it's going to take in order for them to reach their long-term goals. That way they'll know 
hey, I'm saving appropriately for my financial independence and I have funds set aside for the kids. I'm doing all the things that I need to do. And based on our cash flow, we still have an extra 500 or $1,000 a month so we can live comfortably and do the things that we want to do. Or we can earmark resources from the bonus that we're not planning on on a monthly basis. Like, okay, if we hit the bonus, that's how we're getting the new bike, whatever it might be. But you want to be clear about those things and not be racing with the kids' college money. This brings us to our next area, which is life insurance. Now, no one likes to think of the harsh reality of being out on a road bike and the consequences of one thoughtless driver. Unfortunately, the consequences are real. There have also been several cases in recent years of medical issues during racing that we need to be aware of. So the chances of you being on the receiving end of a life-ending scenario are slim, but the possibility is real. If you have loved ones that are dependent upon you and your earning capacity, and if you are no longer around, you need to make sure that they're taken care of. This requires having the right type of life insurance and the right amount. The easiest default strategy here is term life insurance. Now, there are many reputable firms that are happy to take your premium dollars for as much of a death benefit as you like. It is important to find the right amount of coverage for you and your loved ones. If you're unsure of where to start, again, I suggest you reaching out to a local fee-only financial planner to help you find the right amount of insurance that you need that you would feel comfortable with based on your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. As we try to keep these episodes to one mile or less, we're going to wrap it up for today. Uh, the homework for this episode is to think about your race fees and overall spending plan, how that impacts you. You also want to have a conversation with a significant other, uh, if there's someone in your life, to think about the expenses that you have involved in these adventures. And you want to consider how endurance athletics fits in with your long-term financial planning and whether or not it's uh, stretching your resources too thin. The final piece here is that you want to think about the life insurance that you have and make sure that you have the right amount for you and your goals. So that is the homework for this episode. Keep in mind that if you work out, everything else will too. And I look forward to talking to you again here next time on Money Mile.